You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, welcome to Sunday Coffee. Bulldogs losing last night, 30-6 to against the Alabama Crimson Tide. I'm Mark Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. We're kind of getting back to our roots this morning. We, uh, When we started this Sunday Coffee, Charlie, it was just two guys sitting around talking, and we're just going to record it. And, you know, we start, try to get into some numbers, try to get into some structure, especially on Fridays. And today's the day I think we just kind of get back to our roots a little bit. A little and therapy session. A little therapy. And the reason it's easy to do today, because this we're at Lake Tiacata in Louisville. We're just outside of Louisville, under the pavilion out here overlooking the lake. You and I both spent a lot of time out here as kids growing up. I grew up less than one mile from here. Sure did, didn't you? Yeah. It's Old Shadow Lane Day Street guy. Did, uh, did you have the season pass? Did you come out here? Let me tell you the thing about Lake Tiacata as a kid. They had the best soft-serve ice cream machine that you could possibly find. I don't know what they put in that ice cream, but it was phenomenal. I was a big chocolate pie guy. You, you know, the Sunday buffet out here? I was a strawberry pie guy. Yeah. I thought I remembered that about you. Yeah, the strawberry pie had a little cream <clears throat> cream at the bottom of it. But we're out here in the in the pavilion. They've still got the, the big planters up hanging. The begonias are about to play out. I think a begonia is an underrated plant. You know, if you put it in the sun, the leaves turn the colors. But underneath the shade, they grow very well, and the flowers are outstanding. Petunias about to play out. But it's a nice morning out here this morning. Well, it's nice. Perhaps an unpleasant topic. Yeah, let's, talk. let's talk through it, right? Yeah, let's talk football. All right, last night, and, you know, we had our tracks plus deep dig on, on Friday. We normally come in here on Sunday, and we talk about our – our numbers from this past weekend, uh, from this past Friday. I, I'm Charlie, to be honest with you, um, I'm looking back at, at numbers that I had. I had four drives without a sack, a drop, or a penalty. It seemed like if we had a long drive, we had a, either had a sack or a drop. Uh, we had five three and outs last night, so we didn't have time in some of these drives to have any of those three. And so I thought we had a big drop early in the game. I know that's going to go as a pass breakup on a fourth down, turn it over on downs. But uh, anyway, I thought uh, – I talked about missed tackles, and I didn't think hey, – We didn't miss many tackles. No, I, our defense last night – and, you know, and, I, and I, that's one of the things I kind of want to talk about later is was last night, you know, the glass half full part of you says, man, our defense played well. The glass half empty says, well, it was Alabama just trying to get out of there. Now, I did think from a technical standpoint, looking at the numbers and looking at pro football focus this morning, man, we only missed one tackle last night. And you start thinking back to when they made plays and made catches you know, 10, 15 yards down the field. Our guys wrapped them up. The 10-yard pass didn't turn into 35 or 40 last night. That's right. We didn't allow any home runs in the running game. So, thought we did fine there. Yeah. And I also had seven points off of turnovers, and we you know, talked about that on Friday too, about the count turnover on downs. Yes, you do. If you do that, uh, we gave up 17 points off of turnover, 17 of the 30. Now, the first one was we drove down and got to the 15-yard line and went for it on fourth down. 
had the ball that was jarred free from Jaden Wiley. That was when the game was scoreless, and then they go down and drive and score. And then we had the going for it from our own 30-yard line. And, you, I mean, people have discussed that kind of tied 2020. Going for it from your own 30, you're down 14 points. I didn't really have any problem with going for it, Charlie. I mean, right Well, to- Alabama's offense had just gone uh, 85 yards for a touchdown on six plays, 74 yards for a touchdown on three. And so it's it's not like you're sitting there thinking, hey, let's – get off a 20-yard punt and we'll slow them down. Yeah, no. so you're, you're trying to stay on the field. Now, some people will say passing on third and one and fourth and one back-to-back plays. I understand that. And then Alabama goes down and scores. It's 21 to nothing. They lead 24 to nothing at the half. But you start looking in the second half and you ask yourself the question about Alabama. What, what were they trying to do offensively? It, was it trying to you know kind of run it down and get out of there? Um, I don't know. They had to punt on four straight possessions. We gave them three off a drop punt, and so uh, just one of those nights. It was thirty to nothing to the final play of the game. All right. So where did you end up on your numbers? You were you were starting to tell us, and yeah. So what I said was four drives without a sack. I have. I mean, I the the stats that I see show the as far as the drops. I'm trying to figure out where they where they were. That I'm just kind of discrediting that one because it really didn't play a factor in the game. The missed tackles didn't play a factor in the game either, and then the points off of turnovers probably did. Yeah, and I had two three-and-outs. We had five. I had five tackles for loss that we could allow. We allowed six. Not a big deal. I said we needed Alabama to throw the ball 45 times. They didn't have to do that, just 35. But they didn't run a ton of plays. Alabama just ran 64 plays in the ball game. That's well under their average. It was a weird game. It got away from us early, and I think for the most part, you can throw the numbers out the window at this point. You look at the game part. We were talking earlier today, and and you used a phrase that's kind of stuck with me the more I think about it. Everything's just a little off. Everything was about a foot off yesterday. That's what I'm saying. It's not not off by a whole lot. It's off by just a little. You got a field goal off about a foot. You got a field goal. You got a receiver out of bounds by just the end of his foot. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what drove the point home to me. We throw that back shoulder to to Ra-Ra. And it was a good route, it was a good pass, and, you know, you're, you're standing on the sideline. And so that's just a – I was just trying to think back to the last time I saw a back shoulder pass and a guy standing right there on the – I mean, I'm not talking about a foot out of bounds. I'm talking about an inch out of bounds. Yeah. And so everything was just just a little off. Now, was that Alabama? You know, you start looking at the offense, and we said this coming in. I mean, this game was, was going to be about us scoring points. And we knew Alabama was going to score points. To be honest with you, we held them a little bit better than I thought. They scored just the 30. But at the end of the day, it comes down to whether you can score points against Alabama. And last night, if you're you know, an offensive lineman, you can't point the finger at the wide receiver. If you're a wide receiver, you can't point the finger at the running backs. And if you're the running backs, you can't point the finger at the quarterback. Everybody kind of shares in all the plethora of – why you couldn't get open, why you couldn't complete passes, and why you couldn't drive the ball down the field. So I was picking up on a theme here, and I want to see if you agree with this. When I was watching that game last night, I saw athletic safeties for Alabama. Very. And I saw safeties who had to play in front of them. And I saw guys who weren't terribly worried about the top being taken off behind them and just flat had receivers squared up in front of them. It made me think to LSU, if there is a kryptonite to us right now, isn't it good 
middle of the field defensive backs. It's got to be. And here's the thing that I think of, Charlie, is you mentioned those safeties almost trying to decoy and trying to <laughs> throw it, throw it, throw yeah, it. Exactly. And, and it's almost like, you know, they, they were planning on it. And then you say, well, why don't we go up top? Hey, we did last night. We attempted 24 passes more than 10 yards down the field last night. And completed six. We were six for 24. You had a couple of drops, but even then, right, you're eight of 24. And so it kind of goes back, too, to the thing we hear. Man, we got to throw it downfield more. Uh, well, I mean, do you want to throw it down the field or do you want do you want to – it's one thing to throw it down the field more. It's one thing to throw it successfully down the field more. I thought last night everything, going back to your kind of everything was one foot off, everything was wrong. We didn't really have time to throw on those deep balls most of the time. We dropped one that should have been a touchdown. Now, in fairness, uh, our receiver about had his arm jerked out of socket shortly before the football got there. No call, by the way, which is I couldn't believe that. Shocking. Yeah. And so, but it goes all the way around. But we could not throw it down the field, and Alabama was basically content to give us the underneath route, and then have a safety just light somebody up. And I know we go back early in the ball game. One of the big plays was the pass to Jaden Wally. That's not a drop. It goes in the book as a pass breakup. But if you want to beat Alabama, that has to go your way. If you want to beat Alabama, the field goal has to go your way. There's just so many things that didn't go our way. And if ever there was a game that stats don't tell the story, this was it. We outgained <laughs> Alabama 293 to 290, but it wasn't, it wasn't that close of a game. I thought the thing that jumped out to me, when you go back and look at it, Alabama had more big plays than we did. We talk about chunk plays, big plays. You can define them how you want to. Some people think in the running game it ought to be 15 yards. In the passing, it ought to be 20. We get the stat broadcast feed, which is basically settled upon. It's the industry standard in college football. They define big plays as 15 yards in the passing game and 10 yards in the running game. I'm not advocating that. I'm just telling you those are the numbers they give us. In that, we had four big plays. Alabama had nine. Of those nine big plays that they had, seven were on scoring drives, meaning they took advantage of the big plays. How many big plays did we – so you have – we had four. How many of those were in that uh, last scoring drive? None. Okay. So none of our big plays, to the extent they were big, made any difference at all in the outcome. So when I think about our drives last night, we had a 13-play drive on our second drive. You said, by the way, on the three and outs, we didn't need to have a three and out on the first drive, and we did that. Yeah, we did. And but but then we forced an Alabama punt, and so we get the ball at the Alabama at our own fifteen, and we drive all the way down to the Alabama fifteen, and so we get it after the punt, and so Charlie, uh, thirteen plays, fifty-seven yards. The next drive, we try the field goal. We had a fifteen-play, thirty-nine-yard drive. Well, later in the third quarter, we had a fourteen-play, fifty-yard drive. And we didn't come away with points on you know, any of those situations. The touchdown drive late was 15 plays and 76 yards. And so you go back to the point of their big plays allowed them to score points, and we were just a little, just a little bit off. So how about this? In those three drives, you have 42 plays and you have 146 yards. None of it leads to points. And so I don't always enjoy the phrase empty yards. 
you know, basketball, you talk about empty possessions. We had some empty yards. Yep, empty drives. And, of course, you do have empty drives. And, you know, we, we turned it over. We see we had five three and outs in the game last night. You know, last night in the third quarter, it was kind of back and forth with punts. Alabama had four straight possessions. The final possession of the second quarter and the first three of the third quarter, well, that, that ended in punts. And, man, they got nothing. Those four drives there – Three plays for one yard, six for 22, eight for 23, and then three for two. That means they didn't really do anything at all, which kind of goes back defensively. Now, here's the thing I want to tackle. I know it was talked about and probably talked about some by us of, hey, this Alabama defense is not as good as it's been in years past. You look at what A&M was able to do, was put up points. You look at you look at what happened last week with Tennessee able to score 52 points and Alabama – had receivers running wide open against their, de- their their defense. So Mississippi State's going to have guys running wide open. Man, you look at, at Tennessee's offense, you look at our offense, it, it's a completely different scheme. And the, what I say by that is, is you defend it differently. Last week against Tennessee, Alabama blitzed six times. Against us last night, they blitzed 20 times. That's when they bring someone. So they defended it. They defended it differently. And it kind of fits their style a little bit more. Well, not to be the smart aleck here on a Sunday morning, then is what you're saying we should have run Tennessee's game? I mean, is, I mean here's the thing. I, I get what you're saying, and, and that's true. Alabama brought a different scheme, but at the same time, the point being, your job's to get open, right? We're a passing offense. We, we drill our guys. We did not have open receivers last night very often. No. I mean, if – you know, if you want to take shots at the quarterback position, then you have to understand the windows that he was trying to throw to last night. I mean, you, you're talking about fine line. And so you just didn't have separation. Hey, the guys didn't have time to get separation a lot of times. Well, and I thought they did a good job bringing their safeties at times and putting pressure. There was a, a lot of – you had to get rid of the ball in a hurry last night. You did. Of course, this is um, Sunday Coffee presented by Strange Brew Coffee House. I uh, actually stopped through uh, Knox of Pater this morning and uh, got a cup of coffee. I felt like if I couldn't get Strange Brew coffee, I could at least get some Woody's coffee. So let me ask you about Woody's. Do they have chicken fired up this early on a Sunday? Got to. I mean, could you get a chicken biscuit or anything this morning? You can get a chicken biscuit. I think if you ask them to put it on toast, they'll put it on toast. And so, Boy, I gained about 20 pounds in Woody's. And Startwell? Came to Startwell when I was in college. What they do is they cut the tenders up in like little little bites, like little chunks, and then they fry it individually. And it's like a golden brown. They don't, you know, you can put too much batter on a chicken tender. They don't. They put the right amount. And so, anyway, Strange Brew Coffee. You can go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. It's, hey, it's almost Christmas present buying time. And if you are the parent of a Mississippi State student or someone that's recently graduated, want to get them something that reminds them of the great times in Startville, Mississippi, there are many good times had at Strange Brew Coffee House. Go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. Get them the coffee, get them the mugs, get them the shirts. But strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. I normally get the pods and the, or the, the grounds. They sell the grounds at uh, at Woody's in Oxipater. Anyway, so we're brought to you by Strange Brew. This is the roving Farm Bureau studios this morning here at Lake Tiacata. Boy, what a beautiful morning. The wind blowing just a little bit. Man, we're going to be praying for days like this when baseball season rolls around. Hey, by the way, did you see where we played 
Alabama twice Friday night. And I saw that we had a combined no-hitter in game two. Yeah, we, we really pitched it well in game two. Game one, we lost, what, seven to four, seven to three, something like that. And we played seven inning games. And every it's one of those deals of you know, fall baseball, everybody plays. So we played a bunch of different guys. And so we split the doubleheader. And um, so Alabama came over here last year. We go over there on Friday this year. And so we conclude our fall ball exercises. All right, Charlie. Let's just look at where we are right now. We got the open week this this coming week. We got to talk about what we want to do. If we do a Wednesday show, Thursday show in the midweek, we probably come back with Sunday coffee next week. We'll be like the uh, like the beauty shop. You know, we're not going to talk about us. We have our own problems. We're going to talk about everybody else. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, that could be fun to do. Ah, uh, hey, let me ask you this. Uh, one of the things I always think it's helpful to do is to go back and have a little bit of perspective on where you are versus where you thought you would be. I wake up this morning upset that we lost Alabama, and then the conversation I'm having myself with myself is, what would you expect? I mean, what what happened is what's been happening for 14 years. That doesn't make it okay. But my expectation when we sat down, I thought at this point of the season, if everything went right, We'd be six and two, and I thought if things were going wrong, we'd be about four and four. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know whether you split the games against Arkansas. I didn't know if Arkansas was going to be better. I mean, everybody at the front at the front of the season thought A and M was going to be really good. This was going to be the breakout season for A and M, and so you got both those games at home. I thought going into the season, I thought going to Baton Rouge. I know it's early in the in the Kelly era down there, but. You just never can count a win down there. I thought that maybe one you could get. I actually thought it was it was going to be easier to get one at LSU than getting one at Kentucky. I just think Kentucky's a bad matchup. I think I think Mark Stoops is a is a really good defensive guy, uh, and we have not played up there well lately. That LSU loss doesn't look as bad in hindsight as it did at the time, does it? No, it doesn't sting nearly as bad. One is early in the season, nobody knew how good Florida. You know, Florida State's not as terrible as they've been in years past. And LSU was kind of trying to figure it out and, you know, should have won the game. To be honest, could have won the game, had an extra point blocked at the end. And so, no, you're exactly right. The LSU loss doesn't look nearly as bad. I kind of had us right here, five and three. I mean, that's, that's where I, like you said, on a good day, something falls right, you're six and two. I had us at five and three now. You look over the next four weeks, you get the bye week and then four weeks to go. Would you feel better at five and three had we gone over there last night and got beat fifty two to forty eight? Oh yeah, I'd have felt better. But I mean, isn't that isn't that the thing that just kinda eats at you a little bit right now is it, it feels like on the offensive side of the football, when we go on the road, every single game it goes back to what you were saying, we were just a foot off. We we miss a block here. We drop a ball here. We miss a pass here. We don't find the open guy. I mean, honestly, I don't know. Well, no, I take that back. I started to say I don't know of anybody on the offensive side that you just completely let off the hook, except I'll say this. Woody Marks gave us a good football game last night. Man, he did. I mean, the guy's running with a broken nose. Alabama's grabbed him by the face mask. They ain't called that yet. And, hey, Dylan Johnson didn't play, and we needed Woody Marks to be a lower-the-shoulder type guy last night, and he was. And he 
he kept man, let me tell you, a guy with a broke nose, and if you've ever had a broken nose, I'm talking about just in daily life, that ain't fun. I mean, that that hurts. Hurts. And then, oh, by the way, hey, Woody, can you go out there and get us this fourth and one? And what does he do? He lowered that shoulder, lowered that head, and piled through, and got popped again in the nose. Man, I, I like our running backs. Man, I'm telling you, I like Woody Marks. I thought Simeon Price ran hard last night. Of course, Dylan Johnson, uh, that room is a really good room. Now, going back to your point, and I think it's a frustrating point for everybody, whether it be fans, whether it be coaches, whether it be players and everybody, is the three games that you've lost, whether it be at LSU, especially in the second half, the entire game at Kentucky and the entire game last night. When you're facing teams that are athletic on the backside of their defense, it's not a situation of, well, we were okay. I mean, we've gone from being really good offensively. We did a good job against A&M, who's not a terrible defense. Oh, by the way, we could talk about the other people in that sentence right there, about Jimbo losing at Carolina last night. But, man, it goes from good, okay, to to bad. After the ball game last night, Mike Leach made the comment that some of our guys are just scared of Alabama. Let me make one defense of that comment. Sometimes it just kind of gets beat in your head as these losing streaks go that you just can't beat somebody. I I laughed because I was thinking of an old high school story, a team that was playing this Jackson team, and they they never could beat a Jackson team, couldn't beat a Jackson team, no matter how good they were. The coach actually never even brought his team to the field before the game. They warmed up on the practice field. And the first appearance they made was for opening kickoff. Basically, like, I'm not going to give them a chance to look at all those guys over there and get freaked out. And they actually win the game. (laughs) Isn't there something now and then to a team just gets in your head? Yeah, I think so. And this is every team, and I'm about to make that statement. A man, 18 to 22-year-olds, you know, you just – you never know what's going through their mind. Of course, everybody's playing with 18 to 22-year-olds. I kind of think back. We went out to Maui in basketball in November of 2012. And we're playing North Carolina. And they got James Michael McAdoo. This guy was top five in the country, consensus first-team All-American. And Gavin Ware was a freshman from Startwell High School. And Gavin Ware was in the jump circle. And, I, you know, they came out the first half and just, man, they, they ran up and down the floor. And I remember Richard Aikens looking at Gavin Ware and saying, son, why don't you just go ahead and ask him for his autograph? Because you're playing like you just want his autograph. And so I'm not saying this to that point, but sometimes, you know, that, that when that jersey's on the other side, sometimes it is a little bit different. You know, I think of the story, too, kind of the other side of that. I think it was Eddie Miles that the story was told about. We were playing down in Florida, and Emmett Smith was there, and Eddie comes up and makes a tackle and says to Emmett, welcome to the SEC. You know, <laughs> Emmett rushes for like 200. I was like, I, I at least I admire, I admire the attitude. Well, and, and we see it in baseball sometimes. You know, when you have some of those greater five programs and other programs in the SEC, and they come in and look at our cathedral, and, you know, they're beat before they play. And so that's uh, – I mean, that is a I point. I don't – I'll say this, though. I, I don't do, – I, I don't think to we take exception to Mike Leach. I, I get where he's coming from, but I didn't think that our team – showed up scared necessarily. No, I didn't think that. Like, I don't think our defense was sitting over there intimidated by the fact that it was Bryce Young on the other side. I think we got beat. And I think we got beat because we didn't execute. Now, they had a lot to do with us not executing, but let me give you an example. If in that first drive 
second drive of the game, the first big drive that we have where we turn it over on downs, if we hold on to that football, we may be scoring a touchdown right there. Yep. Later, when we drop a pass after our receiver has his arm jerked out of socket with no flag, if you catch that football, that's a touchdown. Meaning, if we complete that back shoulder throw, if we're if we are one inch towards the playing field, how does that change things? Those things, to me, aren't an issue of being intimidated necessarily. It's just an issue of, again, going back to what you said, just being a little off. And that's. That's what I'm trying to guard against because I don't want anybody to sit there and say, well, here comes Bart again being the apologist. I'm not being the apologist. I mean, you look at that game last night, that was the that was the the defining game of it's never as good as it seems and it's never as bad as it seems. You get you were down 30 to nothing and it it wasn't as bad as it seemed. Yeah, it was the thing where you kind of moved the football. It was weird. We either went 3 and out or had 15 plays. Yeah, I can't figure that one out either. It's a strange game. So let's go back to where we were. Where do we go from here? As I see it, you have four games left. You're sitting here at five and three, which I think most people would say, if they're being honest with themselves, is about where you thought you would be. Some people say, no, I thought it'd be seven and one. Others, well, I thought it'd be three and five. But here's the bottom line: you're 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 about where most people I think, where the Vegas odds, probably even ahead of Vegas odds, probably so. And so. You say, okay, here we are. Now you got four games left. Two of them, I think, have to be in the win column. And just looking at right now, you you got to be able to say, I'm going to beat Auburn and East Tennessee State, whoever it is. Okay, so now you're at seven. One of them, I think, is a toss-up, and that's going to be the Ole Miss game. And now look, Ole Miss, I still don't know what we have in Ole Miss. I, I think Lane does a really good job of getting – the most out of his talent where he needs to. Uh, but we also saw a team that after leading 17-3 yesterday just had LSU go nuts on them. So which one are they? I don't know. But I'm going to call that game a toss-up right now. And it always is. And now Georgia, I don't know. I think you could make the argument that we're less intimidated perhaps by Georgia than we are Alabama if you want to play into that mindset. But that's a ball game that if you're not careful has a chance to be a Kind of like last night. Well, and they've got the athletes of safety. I mean, that's you know, unless we unless we figure something out about how to how to attack the middle of the field and go down the field a little bit more, you know, Georgia has what LSU has, what Kentucky has, what Alabama has in the middle of their defense and their safeties, and, and back in the backside of their defense. And they got, of course, they're going to get pressure on you too. So you better figure something out differently. Or you know that Georgia game is going to look like a mirror of last night, in a standpoint of. And I go back, man. Our defense played. Our defense, I think, played better than a lot of people realize they played. I tell you, it's going to be very important for us. I'm not ready to mail this thing in. I know after a loss, that's kind of like, well, this season's. Look, well, ten wins isn't on the table. Um, you still got eight wins, is, and you know, then you got a bowl game, and you never know if you can get a ninth, but. Here's the thing for me. We're going to have to figure out a way to kind of shake this one off, and we, we, we've we got to win that Auburn game. Yeah, the Auburn game is big, and, and to be honest with you, it may be the biggest game. Well, Ole Miss is always the biggest game on the schedule, but that's that's a 1A, that's a 1B right there. Auburn is beatable. You're playing them at home. You should beat them. Then you got East Tennessee State. Yeah, of course, that's, that is what it is. And then the Ole Miss game. And so, yeah, I, I think – Having a really good crowd, having and we'll find out the game time of that Auburn game tomorrow. 
But, man, I, I just think that's going to be a really, really big game for us as a program. Now, listen, if you win three of the last four and you're sitting there at eight and four at the end of the year and you're coming off a win against Ole Miss to make you eight and four, you're going to get a good ball game. I mean, you're going to get a pretty good ball game. But uh, I'm not worried about bowls right now. I'm just worried about winning the next one. No, it's where it all starts. Got so, to beat Auburn. So to win that next one, you think you have LaQuiston Sharp coming back. He did not play in the game last night. Our offensive line, when you start thinking about A&M and then Arkansas, had begun to figure it out a little bit. We were sitting here talking about how great our offensive line was and yeah. how they had figured it out, and it's not the same. And it's not that LaSoya does a bad job at center. That's not my argument. My argument is that every move has a corresponding move. And when you keep moving pieces, that's where things start to start to fall apart on you. Yeah, and, and on defense, we'll probably get Crumity back. We just need just a guy. We just need some warm bodies, you know, just to kind of spell some of those guys on the defensive front. Still don't know about Dylan Johnson. You don't know where that's going to be. And um, But I thought Woody Marks gave you something last night. So I think going forward, man. Sibian Price wasn't bad. No, no, not at all, not at all. So we got a couple of weeks to kind of get the get everything. Now, the thing you can't do is sometimes in the past couple of years we have come off bye weeks and that we have not played well. This is not the week where you have a lot of rust coming off the bye week. I mean, you've got to come out firing on all cylinders against Auburn because the last thing you need is that bunch thinking they can win. Yeah, it goes back to one of our keys to games in the past has been scoring on early possessions. That feels like a game you're going to want to score two out of your first three times with the football. Yeah, and make sure that they go three and out on one of those first couple possessions. Hey, we talked about being in the Farm Bureau studios, and once again, I'd like to thank our good friends at Cannon Ford of Starkville. And they're getting more and more vehicles in if you're in the market for a new or used car, but also the service center as well. You need some new brake pads, need to get something changed in the engine, whether it be the oil or whatever, transmission fluid, go by and see our good friends at Cannon Ford. The customer service is outstanding. If you get a fender bender trying to figure out where to go and start with where to take your car, any maker model, they can fix it at the body shop at Cannon Ford. And so go by and see our friends at Cannon Ford. Nobody beats a Cannon deal. Nobody. Hey, question for you. Uh-huh. We talk about playing Auburn. You always look at what people are doing the week before they play you. Auburn hosts Arkansas next week at 11 a.m., SEC Network game. Is it important for us that Arkansas beat Auburn, send Auburn to 3-5 and on the year? The question is, is what would that do? I mean, if if they go to 3-5 and and losing at home to Arkansas, I mean – Who's coaching against us? Yeah, I mean, who's – Who's who's their interim? I mean that may, may that may happen. Is it would it be that fast? Nothing I mean, without an athletic director over there. Hey, nothing surprises me. I mean, if and I, I got a lot of Auburn friends, a lot of Auburn friends. Jen's family, they're all Auburn people, which makes it even more imperative that we win that game because I don't want to listen to it at, at Christmas or Thanksgiving. You talk about some kind of dysfunction. You talk about something being a little off. It's more than a foot. Yeah, it's more than a foot over there. How about A&M? Next week, they're playing at home against Ole Miss. Them trying to come off of what they came off of last night. I mean, they were beaten at South Carolina. Hey, Beamer's got that team playing better. I mean, they're they're getting a little bit better over there. But my goodness, man. I mean. Well, and, and one thing about Ole Miss, they can get the ball down the field. They can put up some points. 
How's it going to feel over in College Station a week from tomorrow, a week from today? Ole Miss rolls in there and puts up about 500 yards of offense and scores 50 points on them. Don't think Lane Kiffin will be tapping the brakes. Oh, no. No, not at all. <laughs> They're not going to be taking a knee late in the in the half to head to the dressing room. Maybe. And that's the thing, too. I, now, I was not enamored by the Jimbo Fisher hire when it was made. But they took him from 7 to $9 million last year. I just, I don't. Last last year. Whoever made that deal, and it may not have been Ross. It may, it may have been way above his head. But, man, huh, you talk about playing with Monopoly money that just doesn't make good fiscal sense. And I'm not talking about the PH fiscal. I'm talking about F-I-S-C-A-L. Yeah, it's tough. Um, yeah, I, I expect they are unhappy. If you look around our league right now, though, a lot of people aren't terribly happy. Um, I wonder, where do you think our league is right now? We always talk about the SECs, the biggest, the baddest, the greatest. I look at the SEC West right now. A&M's not very good. Arkansas, not very good. Alabama's not as good as they've been in the past. And LSU's okay. They look better after yesterday. You still don't know what Ole Miss is. I think they're pretty good. But is that everybody right now? I mean, Clemson, Clemson's going to backdoor themselves. They don't have a ranked opponent the rest of the way. They're going to backdoor themselves in as an undefeated team, if there is a, a such thing as backdooring your way in as an undefeated team. <laughs> but they're going to do that, and they're going to get in the playoffs, and they're going to get beat by 50. I don't think – I don't. Are we just having, you know, good old days syndrome here? Is that what it is? Are we being the old guys who just think, man, back in the old days these teams were better? The product just doesn't look as good on the field to me. Right no, I don't now. think it is. I don't think the product is good, is as good as it's been, and not just in the SEC. I think it's everywhere. And then you start to say, why is that? Is it because we got teams full of mercenaries who were playing somewhere else a year ago, and you don't have that same cohesiveness as a team? Is that what's going on? Well, and then go back to the point, and we made this point last year when you get when you start getting a bunch of transfers around in college football, the coaches coach differently. I mean, are you afraid to are you afraid to make that quarterback mad at practice when he can't get that five step drop down? Do you want to be in his ear all the time and make him mad because you know he's got a handler trying to fish him out somewhere else? Do you I, see, by the way, the player at Tennessee who has been injured running back, but has opted out of the rest of the season to prepare for the NFL draft? Hey, let me the Ungalele guy over at Clemson. They benched him yesterday. What in the second half? They come back and they beat Syracuse. If you don't think that somebody right now today is contacting, back-channeling his handlers, trying to figure out where he's going to go next year, it's happening right now. Right now. Oh, and it's been happening. I, mean, I yeah. expect it started about 8.30 last night. Oh, they didn't want you over there, man. Why don't you come back? Hey, you're from out west. Why don't you come back out here and play the Pac-12 where everybody can see you play? I'm, I, can, I can hear that conversation right now. Anyway. Enjoyed it. All right, so before we break this thing up, here's here's my Sunday morning now that we've talked it out. It's always disappointing after a loss. You wish you played better. You wish you put up some points. Five and three, what we have to do is we got to fix that foot. we got to fix that one foot off. And I think this open date comes at a really good time. we got to get some guys healthy. we got to get some things cleaned up. But all this, if you could come in here – Beat up Auburn in two weeks. Now you're six and three. Do you feel better? I, I think you have to. Absolutely. You do. But the corollary of that is you got to do it. You got to do it. And if you don't, 
things get a little yeah a little more unhappy but i think that's why it's going to be an important game and it's going to be important somehow for the fans the team everybody to shake it off and realize look man it's hard to beat auburn and when they're down you got to take advantage you do and, and if you go look at the record books they're not exactly filled with our winning streaks over auburn let's let's get one while we can so Hopefully, we can kind of all shake it off and be ready to go in two weeks because I, th- I think a a good season, you know, we're, we're, like I said, there's not ten wins out there, but a good season by Mississippi State standards is sitting right there. We just got to go play well the final four. Yep. Thanks to our good friends at Farm Bureau. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau, uh, Farm Bureau Studios. We talked about our good friends at Strange Brew. Go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. We haven't mentioned the Tracks Plus. Tracks Plus, we had our Tracks Plus deep dig on Friday. Now with five locations, the Massey Ferguson tractors and implements that they have at all the locations other than the one to start with Columbus. That's Hickory, Summit, Mississippi, Alexandria, Louisiana, and then over in Bessemer, Alabama, Rayco. They've got the Denny Seamoff mulching heads that go on that Barco equipment, but the Saney excavators and mini excavators. A lot of folks doing their own work right now and renting out stuff. They rent it to you also at uh, Tracks Plus. And then our good friends at Cannon Ford of Startwell Cannon Ford. Nobody beats a Cannon deal. And Bank First. Go to bankfirstfs.com for all your lending needs. Charlie, hey, man, I'm kind of comfortable right now, man. It feels good out here, the wind blowing. We're sitting in rocking chairs under the pavilion, not a cloud in the sky. And so go home today. Ain't got to watch the Saints lose. Cowboys. Hey, Dallas Cowboys play today at noon. Dak Prescott coming back, so that'll be yeah. another reason for me to stay off Twitter today. I got to put some ryegrass out. I got to put some ryegrass out and get ready for some for some hunting. It would surprise you none to know that I have never put out rye grass or any other grass now that I can think of it. Well, I'm going to do that later today after the Cowboys game. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. We'll be back uh, during the midweek, and uh, you've been listening to Sunday Coffee.